In July of 1991, my mom, Ann Raby, died of complications of hepatitis C. She was 63. Eight months later, my dad, Bill Raby, died of colon cancer. He was 70. I was in my mid-twenties and have been trying to process it ever since. As weird as it seems, a movie seems to have been helping me do that, although I only realized it after I started making this podcast. Is it you? Forty years ago, on October 3rd, 1980, Universal Pictures rolled out its newest feature, starring Christopher Reeve, Jane Seymour, and Christopher Plummer. Is he the one, William? Somewhere in time. Richard Collier is about to begin an incredible journey into another realm, another lifetime, in search of the love he could never find in this one. That's Elise McKenna. Starred in a play in the hotel theater. When was this play done? 1912. Dr. Finney, is time travel possible? Is time travel possible? Of course it is, Chris. And we're going to do it in every episode of this podcast. My name is John Raby. Welcome to Call Back Yesterday. Time cop, time after time. Quantum leap, wrinkle in time, somewhere in time. Like 13 and 14, my dad showed it to me, and it's my, my dream. I was up till like 3 o'clock in the morning watching this movie. I could not get away from it. Absolutely love the movie. Jane Seymour is my favorite actress. You know, they, they can shut out the world when they come here. I think that they're kind of hopeful romantics as opposed to hopeless romantics. My mother always likes to mention that Christopher Reeve donated his bicycle to the medical center for the auction. Maybe you didn't make a movie. Maybe you made a time machine. Just don't look at that 1979 penny and you'll be okay. Afternoon, everybody. No! It was a cast and crew screening in Chicago and the movie starts and I'm like, I'm not in this. This has made my film career complete. Have you figured out what it is that they're searching for? Here's the thumbnail. Somewhere in Time is about a playwright who falls for an actress from the past. He wills himself back in time 67 years, makes love with her, and then he gets pulled back to the present when he sees a 1979 penny he left in his pocket. He dies of a broken heart and reunites with her in heaven. Somewhere in Time had stars, beautiful locations, a heartbreaking romance between the two most beautiful people in the world, and horrible reviews. Leonard Maltin, stilted dialogue, corny situations, pretty scenery. Roger Ebert, the movie surrounds its love story with such boring mumbo-jumbo about time travel that we finally just don't care. Vincent Canby, somewhere in time does for time travel what the Hindenburg did for dirigibles. What the fuck do they know? Somewhere in Time gained a loyal fan base because it connects so deeply with all the important themes in our lives. Love, loss, memory, and hope. And it does it without smirking. And here's a really cool thing. As far as I can tell, the cast and crew feel exactly the same way about the picture as the fans do. I mean, name me another movie where an A-lister like Jane Seymour regularly travels 2,400 miles to attend the annual fan convention. Whenever I've done something that's really meaningful and really touches humanity, 
the cynical reviewers have to say it's rubbish. The movie was shot almost entirely on Mackinac Island, a tiny historic island in Lake Huron that, like the movie's lovers, is stuck in time. The architecture is Victorian. Cars have been banned there for decades, and people use bikes and horses to get around. Today, I'm a public radio journalist in Los Angeles, but in 1979, when the movie was made, I was there. I was there. I was a 13-year-old kid living in Sault Ste. Marie and spending summers on Mackinac. We are family, number three this week, and this is WIDG Widge by the Bridge, serving St. Ignace, Mackinac City, and Mackinac Island, where I hear they're making a movie. I'm ready for my close-up now. That was a really great summer. Back then, everybody in my life was still alive except my grandma. My folks were alive and all their friends and all my friends. I'd never had a love affair or broken up. I'd never crashed the station car or gotten drunk and vomited naked in the bushes in Greece, and that's probably TMI. I wasn't paying my own bills, holding down a job, or really doing anything but running errands for my dad on Mackinac that summer. All that stuff eventually happened, some of it more brutally than others, And as the years passed, more and more, I appreciated the corny themes of Somewhere in Time. Each of the episodes of Call Back Yesterday is built around an interview. Reach a certain moment in your life, and you discover that your days are spent as much with the dead as they are with the living. Like this one with my friend Caitlin Doty, who's a mortician and the author of the book Smoke Gets in Your Eyes, that's when she worked at a crematory, From Here to Eternity, and Will My Cat Eat My Eyeballs. She runs a group called The Order of the Good Death, and her mission in life is to try to get people to talk more about death as a natural part of life. Caitlin Doty, where are we? We are in Angelus Rosedale Cemetery, which doesn't get the same credit as other cemeteries in Los Angeles, like your Hollywood Forevers. Uh, funny thing, though, my dad would often have us have a picnic in a cemetery. They did start as public spaces. They are methods of time travel. What do you mean? They're places that you can go, just like we've been talking about, that are out of time. Have you found that going back to visit the grave of your parents, have your emotions changed at all? The answer to that and what it says on my parents' gravestone is coming up in a future episode of Callback Yesterday. Changing the past doesn't change the future. Look, we go back, we get the stones before Thanos gets them. Problem solved. Getting back to time travel, I talked with a couple of experts on the topic, Steve McFeely and Chris Marcus, who wrote the Avengers movies. And of course I had to ask them if they would time travel. Well, what's my what's my get out of jail, right? Am I am I risking st- getting stuck? Uh, is it just a vacation? I absolutely would take a vacation. Ah, would I go back in time? Yes, but I I imagine it would probably be a bad idea. I'd either screw myself up, or I'd screw if if it wasn't operating by end game rules, I'd screw you know time and space up. I also put the same question to Stephen Simon, who produced Somewhere in Time and whose wife, Lauren, died just a couple of years ago. Oh, no question in my mind, John. I would go back to the night I met my wife. I'd love to meet my wife again, all over again. I would definitely go, to, go back to the night, November 11th, 2003, when I met my wife. Grief is just horrible. <laughs> Grief is really, really just horrible, as... Most adults know, because most adults have gone through grief at least once or twice, or maybe even more than that, and 
grief is a dreadful, really dreadful experience. In case you haven't figured it out already, people dying is a big theme in my life. And so in this podcast, we actually talk a lot about loss and grieving. Like this exchange I had with Justin Chang of Fresh Air in the LA Times, who's one of the few film critics who actually admits to liking Somewhere in Time. There's actually something very comforting about getting used to grief, to the point where grief, it's not that it ceases to be grief, but it does become something in addition to grief. And it's weird sometimes when... I don't know. I don't know if I dream about my dad that much anymore. There was a time, sometimes you'll just, you'll, you'll maybe, I don't know if this is true for you, just pop up in your in your dreams sometimes, and it's kind of, and you suddenly are pulled back. And this is very, very appropriate to time travel, because it completely screws with your sense of, you know, it's like, oh, it's like you've spent nine years making peace with this, and then suddenly it's like, it's like nothing's changed, and he's still alive. And then you wake up crying or something, and this has happened to me. And um, it, it's very much like time travel. And then, and then sometimes it's just, it's okay. Cause you know, he's there and it's like, oh, hi. It's great. And it's, it's nice. And those, you just see them as gifts. It's like, oh, yeah. he actually, and it is almost this thing. He actually really, this does get kind of cliche or trite perhaps, but no, it's like, you know, in a sense, he really is alive in that way. A story of two people in love, two people out of time, two people whose passion bridges history. Jane Seymour and Christopher Reeve are trapped in love somewhere in time. What I loved about Somewhere in Time was that there was very little sex, but there was a lot of love. Of course, you can't talk about Somewhere in Time without talking to the director of the movie, Jeanne Zvark. It was really what the French call l'amour fou, you know, crazy love. That first scene when they meet and she says, is it you? Is it you? I don't think, you know, they don't make pictures like that anymore. They weren't making pictures like that in 1980. Yeah, I know. This is going long. I'm going to wrap it up. This is, after all, just the teaser. But I hope it entices you to subscribe and listen. Look. I believe in time travel, I believe in ghosts, I believe in love and redemption, and I also believe life is better when you talk about it. And that's what we're going to do on Call Back Yesterday. Oh, call back yesterday, bid time return. Call Back Yesterday, which is online at callbackyesterday.com, is written, recorded, and produced by me, John Raby, with additional sound recording by Ava the Lilac Queen Sahoyan. Main Street, September 22nd, about 11.30. Our theme music is performed by The Van Dyke Parks. Support from Bermuda's Projects in Los Angeles. Special thanks to Chris Greenspan, host of SGV Weekly, graphic designer and punk legend Michael Ullincott, and George Takei. He'll be back, and I hope you will be too, for the next episode of Call Back Yesterday. Thanks for listening.